Hello, I'm Gareth Carpenter, Pharma Content Editor at Informer Markets, and welcome to the Pharma Pack Podcast, bringing you all the latest insights into the world of pharmaceutical packaging and drug delivery. So, here we are for the final instalment of this three-part series on patient-centred packaging design and innovation, brought to you in partnership with Lund University in Sweden. In this particular podcast, we're going to discuss and explore not only how companies should approach the design of senior-friendly self-administered drug devices by putting the patient and their physical and cognitive limitations at the heart of their programmes, but also how they can keep older patients involved and engaged at every phase of the development process. And our first guest on the podcast is Dr Alex Cole, Strategic Marketing Manager at CPI. With a PhD in solid state physics, Alex worked in photovoltaics research and photonics-based medtech before joining CPI in 2017. He's part of the strategic marketing team there within the remit of printable electronics for smart supply chains and smart pharma packaging. And I'm also happy to welcome back to the podcast as ever, Jana Carly Lorenzini, postdoctoral research fellow, packaging logistics at Lund University. Jana is conducting research projects on patient-centered pharmaceutical packaging design for enhanced life quality of older people, funded by the non-profit organization, Campred Family Foundation. Alex and Jana, a very warm welcome to the both of you. Thank you. Fantastic to be here. Thank you. So Alex, if I could direct my first question to you. It's a sign of the times that as access to quality healthcare improves and advances in medicine are, are made, longer life expectancy means the percentage of seniors within populations around the world continues to grow. What are the implications of this demographic shift in your eyes for pharmaceutical companies and the way they develop medicines, packaging and drug delivery devices? First thing I want to say is I just think, you know, we should pat ourselves on the back as a, as a society to actually say we've extended life so much. You know, it's one of the greatest achievements, but obviously it does bring problems. You know, older people obviously are much more likely to have a number of long-term conditions, multiple conditions and so on. And and pharma companies have to really, really look at this, at, at how they can actually help the older population. What we must remember is ultimately the customer for the pharma company is the patient themselves. Their payers aren't the patient, essentially. The payers are healthcare services and so on, but it's the patient taking the medicine. So, as this patient is becoming older in, in general, pharma just needs to act to support this patient base. You know, we're, we're going to see the trends in pharma. We're going to see more of a shift towards stratified and personalized medicines. The ultimate goal is essentially the packaging or the pill for one for you. This is the drive. How do you actually personalize those medicines? So, you know, as we're seeing this, this, this healthy aging, we're going to see more systems that actually not only helps the patient when they get a medical condition, but also helps that patient to age more healthily. So we're going to see a shift towards helping patients when they have conditions, manage those conditions better. And we're going to see more polypharmacy, more conditions because of this shift, this, this aging demographic. But also we're going to see a real shift towards incentives to help people age better. So linking in digital systems, linking in wearables, linking in medicines, treatments, and so on to help patients to age better. But what we're going to see is drive towards more patient-centric packaging. Patients are going to get more involved in the packaging. Pharma companies are going to have to transition to actually 
looking at how they keep their patients happy. So there's a real onus on making sure that patients are empowered, supported, and can access their medicine safely, right time and in the right dose. So we're going to see much more patient-led innovation and much more, if I may say, inverted commas, older person-led initiatives. I see. And Jana, you've been researching uh, senior patients and packaging for quite a long time now. Um, Do you have any statistics on this at all to back up Alex's argument? Yes, and it's nice to be back in this podcast series, I must say, and I'm glad that Alex is joining here today as well. So some of the statistics, I mean, they come from the United Nations, and I mean, we see that there is this shift about 700 million people that are aged like 65 or older in 2019, and they will be like 1.5 billion by 2050. And this means like one in six people being like aged 65 or older in like global population. And longevity for sure is like a great achievement of modern society. And it's possible through many advances in medicine and life habits. However, as Alex also mentioned, it comes with like other things. And older people, they experience multiple chronic conditions such as high blood pressure, chronic pulmonary diseases, diabetes, arthritis, etc. And in this context, there are other stakeholders that are also interested in supporting this aging population, such as governments, healthcare insurance services, regulatory bodies. And in practice, though, The pharmaceutical companies that will develop most of the products are solutions that end up in the hands of older people at their homes. But the pharma companies, they are research-based, we know that, and they are focused on developing new drugs for certain conditions and also like improving these drugs a long time. So the attention to older populations might be triggered, as I see it, also from these other stakeholders in the way they systematically shift the demands imposed to pharma companies in terms of regulations, or like proof of better outcomes for treatment given to long-term conditions of these older people. I can jump in there as well, Janice. I totally agree with everything you're saying. And, and, and just to add to the, the, the bit at, at the end, you said better outcomes. There is a trend in the market of moving towards outcome-based payments as well. So generally, the way that pharma companies make their money now is they sell a medicine, the patient takes the medicine, and essentially they get paid whether that patient gets better or not. As long as that medicine is sold and is, is and actually gets to the patient, that's where they get paid. It's moving towards outcome-based medicines, and, and, and some are already starting to, to, to do this, whereby the pharma company only gets paid for the medicine if they get a positive outcome. So it's actually an onus, it's actually on the pharma companies to make sure that their packaging, their systems, their support is in place for those patients to actually take that medicine correctly as directed by the doctor. And if their patients, their customers essentially become older, they have to make sure that their drug delivery devices, their design of packaging is such which helps that patient adhere and take that medicine correctly because it's on them. They only get paid if they get a positive outcome. So they have to make really sure that that patient is taking it correctly. So it's a, a no win, no fee type approach, I guess. It is. It is. And there is some medicines like there's a hepatitis C medicine in the UK, which follows this model. And there's some in the US as well. So it is going in that direction. And we're just seeing healthcare payers are demanding to see outcomes and value rather than just paying to get a medicine, which should work. So we've established it is important. Um, We need to help senior patients in this respect. Jana, if I can turn to you, can you give us a few examples of the typical challenges that senior patients might encounter that affect their ability to self-administer medicines at home? 
Yes, so in, in my studies with older people, most of them were using oral medication, like tablets. So this was the, the most common I have seen. And the medication packaging posed many challenges to them in terms of access to this medication, like difficulty to open the packs, especially for patients with arthritis and older females with weaker hands or patients that have had a stroke and, you know, they could like not have the same strength in their hands as before. And these challenges, they are not new. And I must say they have been studied before by researchers. But I also found that there are some other important aspects, for instance, like patients with chronic conditions, they become quite familiar with their medication. So they like to have consistency in the medication packaging design. And also in, in how the tablet the design is, because they have like these visual cues of to recognize the medication they need to take. And in Sweden, it's very common, for instance, that prescribed medication changes at the pharmacy from different manufacturers. And patients, they commented to me that it was challenging for them to at one time have one type of packaging containing certain types of like tablets that were white and round, for instance. And next time they had another packaging with tablets that were oval and blue instead. Mm-hmm. Or to have like packaging with different kind of designs or even like, you know, similar packaging for different strengths of medication. That was also challenging because it it leads them to commit some mistakes or, you know, medication errors. So they need a lot of attention and good cognitive functions to differentiate the medication. And it's, it's important to keep in mind this kind of consistency with packaging design and also consistency with information provided to patients. Okay, thanks for providing that context, Jana. Several things to think about quite seriously there. Alex, what are the effects of the challenges that Jana has just earmarked there in terms of patient adherence? I'm going to actually give a personal example of concerns about patient adherence. So my mother has, has very kindly allowed me to t- sort of talk, talk about her condition. A year or so ago, she had a stroke and she's doing very well. You know, you, you probably, you know, speaking to wouldn't know she had a stroke. When she left the hospital, she was given five different sets of medication. Take this one in the morning, take this one before food, take this one after food, take this one in the evening and so on and so on and so on. Now she's severely partially sighted. She got out of the hospital and the first thing she said to me was, so what do I do with this medication? Which box is which? I had to write in big letters on each box, you know, this this is this, take in the morning and, and so on, and actually help her and support her and teach her how to do this. So this is just an example of one reason why patients might not adhere. They, they don't understand how to take it. You know, there's many different reasons, and that's just one of them. They can't understand the instructions. They forget. Another thing is the, the Google effect. They they take a, a medicine and they Google it and they go, oh, my God, this has got this side effect, this side effect, which could be incredibly rare, but then they decide not to take it. They're reading the wrong thing, the internet, which isn't proper information. Also, a major reason why people don't adhere is, is not feeling like it's giving them any benefit. If you're taking a prophylactic medicine, like you're taking an inhaler, you know, it's doing its job. When you're not feeling like it's doing its job, <laughs> you just feel normal. Um, so people go, well, I'm fine. I don't need this anymore. And they stop and then they get, a, they get a problem. And packaging is one way we can actually help a lot of these things. Good packaging, good font size, you potentially linked to a, a video or, or, or a adherence system would have really helped my mother. I see. So, so Jan, I mean, Putting all that into context, I mean, are packaging companies truly putting senior patients at the heart of their design programs? Packaging companies working with healthcare packaging and they are oriented by the demand from their customers that are the pharma companies or consumer health companies in the case of OTCs. And I see that when there is an opportunity for the dialogue between 
packaging and pharma companies. I mean, traditional views around packaging can be challenged and opportunities for packaging that fits better the demands of patients, they arise. Yet the starting point is the pharma companies. So most of the pharma companies I talked to, they were not so focused on like specifically older people. So because many of the drugs, they have a broader spectrum of patients than just older people. And from my perspective, what we should talk about then is to develop packaging that includes people instead of ex excluding and, and designing with an aging population in mind is a way to address inclusivity because other people might have physical or cognitive abilities that require consideration. And if they end up using the packaging without problems, I mean, others might be able to do so. And it's not uncommon to see like designers and packaging developers developing with consideration of their own skills and capabilities. And this can be very problematic when we have a growing older population. I mean, they don't have the same skills or capabilities and they are not then included and considered in these packaging design solutions. And Alex, if I can turn to you, um, smart devices is very much your domain. What are the benefits of introducing a smart element to pharmaceutical packaging and, and drug devices to a senior population? So smart is a term which is actually can be quite broad. It can be the simplest way of making a product or, or a package smart is by giving it a unique identification. So once that package has a unique identification, which could be from a printed code, it could be from a near field communication chip or something like that, you can leverage the power of the internet, the power of the cloud, because you can connect that patient and that pack through to whatever digital systems you, you really want to, to use to, to help to empower that, that patient. So you can link patients to support groups. You can link patients to apps, which might help them to remember to take their medicines. In the case of my mother, it could be a case of scanning a barcode and it actually tells her what the medicine is. So she doesn't have to get me to write in big letters on there. So that's that's one way forward. But for older people to be empowered, it has to be very easy for them to use. So some older people are much, much better at the internet than I am. My mother shares more pictures of cats on Facebook than I've ever seen in my life. So she's fantastic. She, she knows how to use it. Others will, others will struggle. So we have to make sure it's easy to use, or at least there's some, some, some training in place. This is one really, really powerful way which could, could, could really help the, the older population. It's just giving it a unique identity and then connecting them into those systems and services which could really, really help them to, to adhere and to understand their medication and to actually get better outcomes. Can you give us any examples of uh, any particular smart solution that has improved adherence among senior patients, Alex? A lot of these smart solutions are sort of in the pipeline for development. There are companies out there which are developing sort of unique IDs and, and near-field communication to support a patient. And, you know, if I pull out a company called Jones Healthcare, they are a Canadian-based company. They've developed something called CPAC's medication adherence system. And they've developed two systems, one of which is a multi-dosage box. It's one of these boxes which will say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and have your pills on there. And it has a digital system which uses cellular transmitters to help patients know have they taken their medicines and help their carers know if they're taking their medicines. And it's easy to use because it's cellular. You don't have to do anything with your phone. The, the elderly patient just uses it as, as they normally would. There's other companies like Your Meds in the UK, which are doing something similar. And there's a, there's a company called Palladio in Italy, which is making a solution called PluggyMed and Memo Solution, which is similar. Again, it's a way of connecting a digital bit of hardware to a pill pack. So the pill pack knows when the pills have been removed. So this is one element of 
patient adherence and we, we were seeing these packs these, these these smart pill packs moving down the down the production cycle and, and being used in trials and this is to understand when is a, is, is a, is a pill being removed from the, the box and ideally is the when is the patient taking that medicine to, to help with with the patient adherence so that's one side is the smart pill packs the other side is that unique ids and we have a real real opportunity here to use the unique ids to connect patients to the cloud and to the internet because of the directives that the, that the pharma companies have, have had to adhere to. So things like the falsified medicines directive and a similar directive in the US. And that means that each pack is now serialized. Each pack now has a unique ID already. So they've thrown millions of pounds at making sure they can do this. Let's use those codes. Let's use that information which is there. Let's build those digital systems and let's, let's help those patients. Fantastic. Jana, I mean, Alex has already highlighted the importance of patients feeling involved and engaged. What for you is the best way of making senior patients feel involved and engaged when it comes to um, packaging design for the home setting? I I think the examples that Alex just mentioned, they are kind of um, fabulous. And I think we need more of those. And as he mentioned also, I mean, we need to bring it closer to patients, you know, to make it more intuitive and to, to fit the routines that already are in place by these patients. And to do that, I mean, you need to get closer to the patients and take the time to understand them. So like co-designing with patients or bringing them to see prototypes or suggest ideas early on seems to be like a good approach and a practice that companies that have developed patient-centered packaging have used. But not always companies have this time to further investigate these patient needs in depth, you know, for their projects. The best examples we see in the market now, they have been developed through this in-depth investigation of patient needs. And data from my research also supports that. Uh, When I asked like pharma companies about examples of patient-centered packaging, which are still exceptional, we must say, they commented that the difference in their process was really this early focus on the patient and, you know, having these kind of iterative rounds, you know, many rounds of like getting patient inputs. And of course, like patients are not designers. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are not aware of like the complexity that surrounds pharma packaging development. So there are many must-haves to be ticked, you know, but I think it's important still to try to find some balance among the trade-offs that exist in the packaging development to fit these patient needs and to incorporate them early on and also I mean, sometimes just becoming like aware of these some simple needs, you know, routines that patients create can be quite uh, revealing, I think. Alex, do you have anything to add on this topic? Diana's answered that incredibly well. It's I, I totally are in, in agreement. We need to involve the patient as early as we can. They won't understand the intricacies of, of pharma packaging, but they will understand what is useful and, and what isn't to them. And I'll give an example. There's a group in the UK called Voice, which which works with older older people to help innovations, just not just pharma packaging, right across right across the board. And I was presenting at a, at a Voice meeting, and one of the the older people said to me, "How can how can I help you help innovators not make silly solutions?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, now." I can't put my key in my car anymore. My car only starts if I've got my key with me. So when I go home, I need to, to put my key in a, a Faraday cage and keep it away from the door so people can't steal my, my data. This is silly. I just want to put a key in the, in, in, in the car. So they were saying to me, involve me. I know what I want. I'm educated. I know this. I, please, I, I, I can help. And I'm sure Jana agrees. These people are out there. They want to make everyone's lives, including their own, better. Totally agree. Definitely. <laughs> 
Okay, and finally, I'd like to bring in the very unusual and challenging times we live in at the moment. This is question is to both of you, but perhaps I'd ask Jana to answer first. What has the COVID-19 pandemic taught us in terms of what the future could look like for senior patients and self-administering their medicines? The COVID pandemic, it hit quite uh, hard older populations, as we know, and not only because they are a risk group, but also because they needed to be protected from spreading and they needed to be isolated. And this affects like uh, many aspects of their lives. I have not conducted any specific data collection before or like, uh, like during the pandemic or after the pandemic. So my data is mainly before the pandemic. But there is a lot of research coming showing the consequences brought by this, uh, the COVID-19. And People like became like socially apart and these feelings of isolation, they bring consequences to mental and physical health. And this also might impact in the engagement that is necessary with treatment, especially for older people with complex drugs regimens. They need to feel motivated and they need to feel active. And, you know, by feeling active and socially engaged, they also feel like, okay, I mean, I need to take my medication to keep doing the things I like to do. And when this disappears, it's a lot of frustration and feelings that do not help with the disengagement. So I think the pandemics make me think that we need more than ever to support self-care at home environment and to support other people that are capable of taking care of so many instances of their lives to be able to do and to, to continue to do so and to deal with their medication management. And Alex? From my point of view, I think in some ways, this could have been positive in terms of the uptake in digital technologies. So, you know, it's it's a horrible thing that we've, we, we've had COVID and had to lock down, of course. But if people want to maintain those connections, they've had to turn to digital solutions. And if digital solutions through smart packaging, through smart pill packs, through unique IDs and connecting to the cloud and so on is, is one way forward. And we have a concern about all the people being able to access this technology. The COVID pandemic and the lockdowns and, and the, the, the need to connect through digital technologies has helped with some of that education because people have had to do it. Again, talk about my mother. She now can can video call me and knows how to use that. Before the pandemic, she had no idea and no need to do it. So now she knows how to use the phone, turn the phone on. She knows how to use the camera. She could now access digital solutions through pill packs. And I'm assuming this is this is much more broad than, than just one person. I just have a final comment to that. that I, I agree with that, that sometimes we just create these stereotypes around older people and we don't consider that they are so capable of, you know, doing and using technology in that sense. So uh, I agree that it's like, it's positive that we are kind of considering that they are capable and we should include them in these kind of, you know, digital changes that are happening and also for self-care. Alex and Jana, thank you very much for a very uh, stimulating discussion on, on this fascinating subject. And thank you for joining us on the Farm Pack podcast. Thank you. No problem at all. Thank you. That's it for this edition of the Farmer Pack podcast. Thanks as always for listening and we wish you a very pleasant day ahead. Yeah.